What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? It is DCBG Thursday once again, and I am so excited for our um, podcast episode on today. Uh, please let me know if you can hear me. I want to make sure I am being heard very well. Um, for <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. For those of y'all that don't know, my name is Jerry Alicia, and I am one of your hosts of Dear Christian Black Girl. I am an author. I am a speaker. I am a leader of women dealing with infertility, miscarriage, and infant loss. I am a certified coach and mentor. Hey, 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 y'all. I'm a certified um, coach and mentor. I have another podcast called Journey to Mother with my girl Alicia J and what we do is we encourage and we pray for and we just talk about stuff dealing with infertility um that is what I do so y'all see I am by myself for the moment I do believe that Takesha is coming on in just a moment but for now y'all have me um so since it's just me we're gonna do it a little different um in the beginning y'all I want y'all to tell me one thing about you because I don't I don't know all of y'all in the audience for the live audience um for those of y'all that are listening to replay if you want you can speed this up if not you can listen to what the people say you know it is what it is on today but yeah tell me one interesting thing about yourself so me one interesting thing is about me is that I'm black I'm African-American but I have not seen most black movies like the Fridays I haven't seen any of those all the way through don't judge me y'all um the way I grew up is my parents I grew up in a very strict Christian home Uh, my parents didn't play that if the movie was PG-13 I had to be 13 to watch it if the movie was rated R, it had to be 17 to watch it. But by the time I turned 17, y'all, I didn't want to watch the movies. I was I was out living my best life, right? My best Christian life. So I was just like, yeah, no. So now that I'm grown and my husband makes fun of me all the time. He's like, you've never seen such and such something. I'm like, yeah, no, I've never, never seen that don't know what it's about, don't know if I want to see it. So that's one interesting thing about me is I have never seen most quote unquote black movies. And I don't really have an interest in seeing those movies at this point. Um, That's just not something that I want to do, but it's always funny in conversation because people are like, yeah, you know, I got that quote from such and such, or they'll say something and they expect me to know and I have no idea what they are talking about. So that is one interesting thing about me. Oh, oh that's good, Rocky. I'm so glad y'all can hear me because um, I'm using some different equipment. So I just wanted to make sure that I am being heard. So yeah, let me know in the comments one interesting thing about yourself. Uh, What makes you unique to other people? What makes you different? What makes you stand out um, in a crowd of other people? Let me know. Let me know. And while y'all are doing that, I'm going to just mute my mic real quick because I got something going on. Give me just a moment. Ooh, Ashley, I would so love to learn more. So for those of y'all that can't see the chat, Ashley said, I'm in the car on the way to work, but I'm 31 and I'm a Christian geek. Shout out 
out to the Christian geeks. I absolutely love it. I love people that love God, but also you you love reading books. You love, you know, getting into the to the to the to the knowledge and of stuff. So that is so cool. She said, I wrote Christian I write Christian fantasies using God as power sources. Not wow. Ashley, you're gonna have to send us a link to your books because I would definitely be interested in reading some of your stuff. Uh, for those of you that don't know, excuse me, one of our co-hosts, uh, Tiffany, is a book publisher. So, Ashley, if you need a book publisher, definitely get in touch with Tiffany um, at a later date. But, yeah, that is so cool, Ashley. I would love to read your stuff. I love reading. Reading is, like, one of my passions. Um, reading is one of my passions, and but I don't like, reading stuff with a whole lot of explicit content so I'm always looking for Christian books to read so definitely uh send us that link so I can check it out I that would be absolutely amazing Raquel what about you what's one interesting thing about you let me know and that's exciting Ashley you're writing your first book that is super exciting how how is the that publishing process been for you I know uh, depending on what you write and how you write, that process can be a little gruesome. Um, at least it was for me. That that when I wrote my first book, I was like, I never want to do this again. Um, but I am doing it again, so there's that. Um, Raquel, tell us a little about, a bit about yourself. What is one interesting thing about you? Hey, Melissa. So, Melissa, you see I'm by myself today, so we're doing things a little differently um, in the beginning of today's episode. I just want you to tell me one interesting thing about yourself. Um, my inter- my interesting thing was is that although I am Black, African-American, 100%, um, I have not seen most Black movies, like The Fridays, um, don't be a menace to society. Listen, I can't even think of most black movies at the moment. So that tells you how how I grew up, right? So I grew up in a Christian home and my parents didn't really let me uh, listen or look at secular things until I was age appropriate. But when I became age appropriate, I didn't want to. So there's that. Uh, as she said, her writing process has been tedious because the enemy brings blocks, but to God be the glory. I won't stop because our kids need something better to read. Amen, Ashley. That is so dope. Don't give up. I know it can be hard. I know it can be gruesome, but don't give up. We need we need more Christian fiction. Hey, Cheryl, we definitely need more Christian fiction. So definitely don't give up in your writing process. I'm excited for you um, and I will definitely be praying for you. All right, Cousin Cheryl. So what we're doing, since I am by myself at the moment, we are doing a little get to know you thing. So tell me one interesting thing about yourself. <clears throat> hey y'all we are we are doing it a little different on today but all is well hey ashley another ashley oh that's dope we got two ashley today y'all in the audience that is so dope so guys what we're doing is we're doing kind of a get to know you session uh for the beginning of this episode and basically what that means is what that means is that we are um bring each other one interesting thing about us hey Takesha so since I was by myself I took over the podcast we are getting to know each other at the moment um so the ladies are telling 
telling me, well, us now, one interesting thing about themselves, and I did the same. Hey, Sabrina. So, Takesha, you can um, come on off mute if you want. So, we have an author in the audience who writes Christian uh, fantasies where God is the uh, source. So, that's very interesting. That I'm excited is. As she writes her first book. Uh, so, Takesha, tell us one interesting thing about yourself. I'm a rapper. If y'all didn't know, <laughs> I'm a rapper. No, stop. I'm joking. Let me think. Let me think. So, Jerry, stop side-eyeing me. Um, let me think. One interesting thing about me, I don't know. That sucks, right? Say that. I'm sorry. My, uh, say that one more time. I said I'm a rapper, and I knew you were side eyeing me. Girl, um, bye. So Girl, I, bye. No, you I'm, did not say a rapper. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't know. Like a random fact? Yes, a random fact. Okay, here's a random fact. I don't know. Maybe some people know, but maybe they don't. I am a researcher by nature. Like, I absolutely love to research. If you say anything to me that's, you know, that like piques my interest, it can be something so minute that you say and it has nothing to do with nothing and it just captures me. It could be a word, it could be a phrase, it could be anything. And I'm going to go on a hunt to figure out everything I can about that thing. It's the reason why sometimes people think, like, why does she know that? It, it's just the most random things and it's just because I like to research and I like to know new things so that's an interesting fact about me and y'all she's not lying so the <laughs> other day let me, I just have to tell this story so the other day I was telling her about what somebody a male an older male said to me um <laughs> after they had not seen me for a very long time can just, we talk just, about it yes can let's talk, talk about, about it. it so y'all so listen uh, God uh, graced me to be a photographer at a wedding at my god sister's wedding uh, this past weekend. And the thing about my god sister is that she still goes to our old church. I no longer go there. The church we grew up at, she still goes there. And so I saw a lot of people that I grew up with, a lot of, you know, people, deacons, preachers. It was a whole thing, right? And so everybody was like, oh, my gosh, Sherry, you look so good. However, one person, and I'm not going to say his, what, what he does no, or who he no. is, but he looked at me. He's very older. He's like my mom's age, and my mom is 70. So he's older, and he looks at me, gives me a hug, looks me up and down, and goes, ooh, Okay, Jerry, I see you got voluptuous. What, <laughs> sir? <laughs> so, so this is an old man by, you know. Old man. Old, I grew up with his daughter. But he's older, like older, yes, older. Like he's in his a, 70s. He's a, see, listen, Melissa, sir said voluptuous. Voluptuous. So I said, <laughs> Man of the Lord. So when Jerry said this to me, I was like, okay, clearly, clearly, I've only known the word in the sense of describing a woman, you know, physically or sexually, right? Something that you like, ooh, I'll, I, you know, like a man would say, I, I'll date her. So I said, clearly, this old man, y'all, is not <laughs> telling my sister, like, you got it, girl, you got, like, he wasn't saying that to her. I had to, I, I, so I said, Jerry... Un momento, por favor. Oh, that's another interesting fact about me. I'm learning how to speak Spanish. So I said, um, Jerry, hold on. Let me look up the word voluptuous because it may be something we're missing. 
Y'all see, right? I said, it must be something that we're missing. <laughs> and so we study talking and I look up the word and I said, um, so according to Google, <laughs> voluptuous means curvaceous and sexually attractive, typically used of a woman. And the next uh, definition said relating to or characterized by luxury or sensual pleasure. And I, I just, said, that's why I sir, just don't understand. Said, well, Jerry, let's go ahead and look at the synonyms. Maybe, maybe it's something in there that we're missing. Chow, it was curvaceous, shapely, rounded, <laughs> welling down, seductive, <laughs> sexy, alluring, sultry. So yeah, there was there. We we I tried. Listen, Melissa, I was trying my best. I was doing my level best to say clearly there is a definition we have not heard of voluptuous but no it means what it means voluptuous is voluptuing okay so he meant <clears throat> what he meant and he said it with his whole chest and it was hilarious to me i had Absolutely to research it as insane <laughs> i had to go say there's there's something hidden here because let me tell y'all something i'm gonna I'm a switch gears real quick right the lord is faithful if when you are studying your bible Right. When you are reading the word of God and you're like, oh, I've read Psalms 91 before I've read Psalms 18. I've read Luke three and one. I've read this before. And you feel like, you know what there is to know, like people when Easter comes, they're like, oh, I know that they're going to tell me what you what the person said. I don't want to hear. Oh, oh yeah so yeah so, um so a few days before Easter on Facebook, somebody had put a post. I guess they were looking excuse me, for a church to go to, but their Facebook post, it grieved me to my core. And here's why. Their Facebook post said, y'all, I'm looking for a church to go to on Sunday, but I don't want the preacher to the, to he rose me to death. So basically they were saying that they wanted to go to a church service where the focus wasn't on the fact that Jesus rose. Ma'am, what? Exactly. And the reason why, like our pastor Thomas Goggins told us is that people become so used to quote unquote Easter sermons that they think they know everything there is to know. But if we pause and listen, we'll see that God always expounds on the message. And so to the point of us looking up the word voluptuous and what I was going to share about when you're <laughs> in your study time is don't take it for for what you see like we can only read the word through the holy spirit right we can only get revelation through holy spirit and another thing that the lord showed me just like i had to go look up the word voluptuous look up words right look up words as you are reading the bible it could be the simplest word it could be a word like um think of a word jerry that we looked up and we were like completely blown away um, um, well, this word we didn't originally look it up. We saw a TikTok about bougie, remember? Bougie, oh my god, and we were like, Yeah, you because you know, my husband calls me bougie all the time. He says, like You are so bougie because you know, sir, I like certain things a certain way, it is what it is. Um, and so we saw this TikTok of this girl that was in um Target and she saw a a sweatshirt or a shirt that says black and bougie, but the Lord stopped her from getting it after she looked up the word bougie. And we were like, man, 
Like yes. we really just be out here saying these words when in reality, we don't even know what this stuff be meaning, like for real, for real. Yes. And so, yeah, that's, yes. that's one example. That's one example. And when you look up words as you're studying the Bible, it brings such depth and richness. It's almost like if you were building, my cousin Cheryl could, could know this, and those of you who, who love to cook, like if you're building a soup or a stew and that base, that broth has to be like, that's where the flavor is. Like you can season your meat all you want, but if that broth or that base is not, that base is not solid, your whole soup just kind of fall flat. That's what definitions does uh, when you're reading the Bible. It kind of brings this richness in this whole body that you would never experience. Like it is, when I tell you to look up common words, look it up in the Hebrew, look it up in the Greek, look it up, you know, in your regular Google dictionary. I'm telling you, your mind is going to be blown and you're going to look at scripture in a whole other way. That's it. Oh, Takesha, mm -hmm. Ashley Grimsley said, I recently found the meaning of cloven as in cloven tongues of fire. It blew me away. It pertains to the cutting away and it makes sense because the Holy Ghost should cut away the flesh. Wow. Ooh, Ashley, now you see, now I got to write down cloven. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so now I have to go. I got my little book right here. I'm going to look up. But that's it. When we begin to look up words and even when, even to the point where, um, and our, oh, this is a perfect segue. God is so dope. This is a perfect is. segue into our conversation that we're talking about today. <clears throat> Death of a Christian black girl. Because when we look at words for more than they are, when we see that words don't have um, a sense of humor. Tiffany Montgomery always says that, like, be real careful with the words you speak out of your mouth because your words don't have a sense of humor. They immediately begin to work on what you said. They immediately go to work to accomplish what you said. Why? Because we were made in the image of God and God spoke and it was. And so when we speak, it is. And so as we look at definitions and even the things that we have read or even the things that people have called us, mm. even the things that people have called us that we said, yep, that's me. Like by a show of hands or in the comments, has anybody ever called you crazy? Like, have they ever called you crazy? They could have been laughing. They could have been joking. But has anybody ever called you crazy? And have you ever found yourself saying, coming into agreement with it, like, yep, yep, yep. I ain't going to say it on me because, as I just told y'all, words don't have a sense of humor. She crazy. She crazy. Like, you, you begin to say that about yourself. And do you realize that in certain places and spaces you begin to become crazy? Your mind literally begins to turn on you. And if we look up words and we begin to say, yeah, they, it may have been said in jest, but there is nothing funny about that word. When we even think about the word that Jerry said, bougie, the, the meaning of bougie, um, the definition of bougie says the middle class, typically with reference to its perceived materialistic values or conventional attitude. It's saying that you think you think you got what you got. Like you are putting on airs, basically. That is what bougie is. Like you are thinking higher than yourself than you really ought to. How many of us want to be associated with that? But how many of us probably said we're bougie? 
right? How many of us probably put a claim to that? And everything around you is in a pursuit of materialism. It is in pursuit of what you have called yourself. When you put words out of your mouth, you are now going in pursuit of those things. And, and any of us who were who are around huh, <laughs> for Freak Nick 94, all I'm going to say is this. If you in that video just, and you got kids today, just, just go on and tell them. I'm Listen. a new one. Just tell them that you're you're a new woman. You're a Listen. new woman. You see what I'm saying? But for any woman who was around back in the day or even just in your I wasn't around y'all. I had to tell my sons, you ain't gonna see me there. Just settle down. You ain't gonna see me, there, right? So I'm so but, glad but I won't see you on that baby, documentary. Okay. <laughs> child, child. Listen, my nana always said God protected babies and fools. I was real young. I was almost Listen. 18 and I was a good fool. So the, bless the Lord. He covered me on both sides. But um, but when we think about the times of our lives where we we subscribed or ascribed or gave ourselves names or adopted personality traits and all these things, our lives literally went in pursuit of what we were saying out of our mouths. If you called yourself fat, how many of us can look at ourselves in high school and look at our bodies today and say, this is what I thought I looked like in high school. And you look at old pictures mm. of yourself and you like, wait, a, wait a minute now. You had it going on. Like, what part of your brain made you think you was fat? It, and now you gain some weight. And it could be for medical reasons or whatever like that. But for a lot of us, our bodies went in pursuit of what our mouth spoke. And so today, as we are thinking and talking about the death of a Christian black girl, we are going to be talking about death in so many ways, that death of these words that we spoke out of our mouth, death when God is calling us higher and old things have to pass away and behold, all things become new. We're going to talk about it. I'm turning my mic over to Jerry. That's good, though, um, because we we absolutely um, just going back to what we were talking about, we absolutely have to be careful with our words um, because our words do have power. Yes. Um, and if 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 your life is a certain way and you're trying to figure out why, I would start at what words are you speaking over your life? What words have you agreed with that was spoken over your life? Like, like start there. Start with the words. Like, start at the simplest points. I think sometimes we get so so consumed with, oh, why is this happening or why is that happening? And we, we get overwhelmed because we can't figure it out when what we need to do is start with the words. Start start at the beginning like start start what words were said to you over your childhood like start there um but y'all we're not talking about words on say because that can be a whole another conversation i promise we will come back and talk about uh, the power of our words at some point <laughs> um but y'all today we are talking about death of the christian black girl now i got a confession when we came up with this title i was not too keen on it because i was like oh somebody's gonna take that the wrong way <laughs> I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want, I don't know if I want that to be the title, but Holy Spirit said, nope, don't, don't even say nothing. So I didn't say nothing. So here we are, Death of the Christian Black Girl. Now I do have to dis give this disclaimer. This is not a deconstruction podcast episode. This no. is not a suicide uh, no. advocate podcast episode. No. When we say death of the Christian black girl, that is not what we're talking about. Um, we are not deconstructionists. We love the church. The church has many flaws, but we love her regardless, right? Yeah. And so 
And we know that some people, you know, have issues with the church and we respect that. However, this is not that. When we say deaf to the Christian black girl, what that means in a nutshell is that to 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 live as Christ wants you to live, you're gonna have to die. Yes. Your flesh gonna have to die, your will is gonna have to die, your some of your emotions are gonna have to die. You're gonna have to die. Your 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 timeline has to die. It has to die. But y'all, how many of y'all know that when something dies, there's a mourning process that happens. Oh yes. Can, can can we be honest and say that that we didn't realize that when our flesh died that we had to mourn that? Um, and for context, we, me, Tikisha, and Tiffany, we were we saw a TikTok video. And in the video, the young lady was saying that, you know, everything like things were good in her life. They weren't perfect, but they were good in her life. But she still felt like she was mourning and she couldn't understand why. So once one a day in her prayer time with the Lord, she was asking why. And the Lord was telling her that since her spirit is not connected to his spirit, like her spirit knows that something is coming and there was a mourning process that she was going through. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how death of the Christian black girl, death of our, our wants and our desires and our, our worldly like the stuff, death of the stuff comes with a mourning process. And sometimes we we don't realize it. Sometimes we're like, okay, why do I feel like that? And some can can we be honest? Sometimes we we say, Oh, I'm depressed, when no, you're not depressed, you're mourning. Those are two different things. And so we have to kind of put language to what's actually happening in our bodies and in our spirits. And that's what we're going to do today. We're gonna put language to it. So Death to the Christian yeah. black girl. And I, I wanna I want this to be real interactive because I want us to get it, yeah. um, so to speak. And I, I want us to realize that we are okay. We are. It's okay to mourn what you thought was gonna happen. And me being um a leader of women dealing with infertility, miscarriage, and loss, this is something that I say a lot. It's okay for you to mourn. Like you thought you was going to be married by 25, have a baby by 27, have another baby by 30 and go up the corporate ladder. That's not how God set up your life. When you when you gave God a yes, you said yes to, to losing some stuff. You said yes to killing some stuff. You said yes to killing your ego and your pride. You said yes to killing your timeline. You said yes to to killing, you know, all the stuff that God does not want for you in this season. You said yes to that. Yeah. But saying yes also comes with mourning. Saying yes comes with the the realization that, man, that's not going to happen the way that I thought it would. Yeah. And that's okay. I think for those of us that grew up in Christian culture, sometimes we we don't think that it's okay to mourn the life that we thought we would have because, you know, we're, we're with Jesus now. You know, we're adopted into the holy family, so we shouldn't be mourning those things since you're human. Yeah. Like you, you're a whole human. And even though you love your life with Christ, even though you know that God is for you and not against you, even though you know all those things, your body's still like, and your mind is still like, but I thought. Yep. But why not? 
why can't I have the career that I wanted and still go hard for Jesus? Right. Mm -hmm. We have these questions and it's okay. Like, I really want to stress the fact that it's okay for you to have these questions. It's it's even okay for you to ask God these questions. So, cause that's the whole thing. Right. But it's okay. It's okay for you to say, man, I thought my life was going to look a certain way, but now that I'm in Christ, it looks extremely different. And I don't know how to process that. Yes. It's okay for you to say, man, you know, I thought that this relationship was going to work out, but it didn't. And God, the reason it did it is because God told me to leave. Like nothing was wrong in the relationship. God told me to leave and I had to obey him. That's hard, y'all. But as hard as this stuff is, we have to understand that whatever death that we encounter on this journey, whatever, whatever we have to let go, whatever we have to let die, it's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And it's okay to mourn those things. And I don't want us to feel like, oh, I'm a bad Christian because I still want such and such and such. Sis, that doesn't make you a bad Christian. Mm-mm. It just makes you a human. All right, Takesha, I'm going to um, give it back over to you now. Okay. So as you're thinking about it, <clears throat> thank you, Lord, excuse me. Um, as we're thinking about the lives, like I want us to go back for a minute in our lives and kind of think about the plans that we had, the plans that we had, the plans that we had as Jerry were talking, was talking about the plans that we had, or even the positions or places and spaces that we've been in. And now we had to say goodbye to them. And so as Jerry was talking about the TikTok <clears throat> that we had saw, hold on, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm here. I forgot to, um, oh. I forgot to put my um, phone on do not disturb. I'm sorry, y'all. Give me. Oh, you're minute. okay. You're okay. Yeah, I know I got this new phone, child. Um, hold on. I can't even figure out how to do it. Okay, you said from the top. Okay. <laughs> okay, there oh, are it is. we still doing this? Where, hush. Okay. <laughs> Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Okay. Sorry, y'all. Sorry for that interruption. But um, so we saw the TikTok and um, the the young lady was talking about how, you know, the Lord was showing her that she was, she was grieving. And I was like, oh my gosh, you, like Jerry was saying how somebody gives you language, excuse me, it was language because I was telling Jerry, uh, I don't know if you remember Jerry, but I was like, after certain messages that come from our pastors, it feels like I go into this place in this space where I am grieving. I am grieving and it feels like something in me is dying. Everything around me is good, but something in me is dying. And it's literally because they are preaching words of life, words that come to convict you, words that come to strip things that are not holy in your life. And it really makes me grieve. And even if it's not something like we would think, oh, that's a big sin, but let's just call it sin is sin, period. But if it's something that was keeping my heart a little further away from God or something that had me thinking that I had to perform in a certain way or anything like that, and our pastors preach a word or God shows me something in his word, it's almost like I began grieving. And I was like, I couldn't put the words to, I wasn't sure what was happening. And when I watched that video, I was like, oh my gosh, that really is me grieving, that it really is a part of me dying. And I'll give you an example, right? 
of having to grieve over loss and the death of a of a Christian black girl. Um, many of us are on the the, the track of like. Uh, building family, uh, building finances, building legacy and all those kind of things. And I worked for a company where I pretty much wrote my own ticket. And I'm not saying that to be like boastful, but my vice president actually created a role for me because of my performance at work. She I created, love this story so yes. much. So she created a role for me because she was like, you're doing this off the side of your desk. Like people would literally come to me and say, Hey, I want to get a new position. I want to grow here. I want to do this. What do you think? They would always ask me, what do I think? And at times I would be like, why are you asking me that? I don't even care. But remember, I told y'all one of my secrets is I like to research stuff. So if you told me that you wanted to be a neurophysicist, I'm going to figure out how you're going to get there. And I'm going to find somebody. And the weirdest things, I always seem to have somebody in my Rolodex to connect you to. It's the weirdest thing. So I had this great position, great bonuses, great salary. I had like almost six weeks of vacation, baby. I was doing it. Do you hear me? And because of my role, I also had a lot of free time. So when my son, our youngest son was in high school, I was at the school feeding the football team, baby. I was that mom. Like I was that mom because of the benefits this position afforded me. Long story short, our business area is up getting sold off. We have to report into a new company and y'all guess who was the first person to get laid off just by a show of hands <laughs> by a, just just drop it in the comments guess who was the first person to get laid off me i was the very first person to get laid off so much so y'all they had to figure out how to create the paperwork they had to figure out if i was going to get the severance from the company they bought us from or the new company i was the first person to get laid off and now at the time i was like bet because i'm not a part of the working class anyway run me my severance and i'm gonna sit real pretty bless the name of jesus jerry am i lying you are not lying at all it was, was the funniest thing in the whole wide world i just want you to know that when my when my vice president told me that i was getting laid off i started crying and we were on video and she said, I'm so sorry. I know your son is getting ready to go to college. I said, no, 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 ma'am. These are tears of joy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. But your girl is happy. I am. Ha I said, no, this is great. This is great. This is great. But the life that I thought would come from me being laid off is not the life I started living. It looked real different. Okay. It wasn't all peaches and roses. I wasn't at Neiman Marcus every day having coffee in the cafe. That, that was not what my life looked like. It was very different. And I found myself getting very angry at the job that I had at the company that I worked for. I've worked for this many years for them. And the severance that I once was excited about this stupid severance, I worked all these years and they only gave me this. I became, became really resentful and I was angry and I was sad, but I didn't know that I was grieving until one day I said to my husband, I was like, I used to get six weeks of vacation around this time. My bonus check would be popping and out. And he said, you don't work there anymore. Oh. And I said, I, but, I, but he said, you oh. don't you don't work for them anymore. That's not your stuff. And my heart was so sad. I was grieving all this time, 
all this time I was grieving about the life that I had, about the life and the benefits that this life afforded me that I no longer had. And now I was in a new territory and I couldn't see the good in the land that I was in because I had not yet finished grieving the old. And for some of us, that could be like Jerry said, timetables that we have, even places in God that we think we should be by this time. We're saying, God, I should be so much further along. I've been in church my whole life. Why does it feel like I keep repeating these same cycles? Why does it feel like I'm still in the trenches when I should be higher? God, you told me by this time I would be married. God, you told me by this time I would have my own business. God, you told me by this time I wouldn't be robbing Peter to pay Paul, like, why, why am I still here? Why am I still here? In order to get to where God is taking you, you are going to first have to pause, grieve that old life, thank God for what it was, and say, Lord, prepare me for the new. Because if we don't grieve the old us, if we don't grieve and put to rest who we were, she's going to keep popping up. And she's going to pop up at the places of advancement. And so where God is trying to bring you on a date for my single sisters, you're going to be like, yeah, but Tony, Tony, Tony would have, Tony, mm, Tony would have. And God is like, but I'm, I'm advancing you. Grieve Tony and bury Tony. I mean, not physically, but grieve. Please grieve, don't bury Tony don't physically, bury Tony. y'all. <laughs> but grieve, <laughs> grieve what it was, right? Grieve what it was and go forward. God, but I, I thought that I would I would have like five babies by now. I thought that me and my husband would be further along. Grieve what you thought and let's move forward. Because what happens is, is that we become the bag lady. We become the ladies who are walking around with these expectations. And we are slowly dying spiritually because we have these expectations on our back. We have these expectations of what we should have been, what we could have been, where we what we used to have, where we used to be. It's a, what I like to think of as the L. Bundy syndrome. And I might be aging myself, but did any of you all watch that show, Married with Children? Mm -hmm. Right. And L. Bundy, L. Bundy, anytime he talked about uh, what was great in his life, he always went back to high school football. The only thing great that he was able to pull on was high school football. And I know it was a fictional TV show, right? But if you are so stuck on what was, you couldn't, you can never go forward. The same greatness that was in L as a high school football player, it takes skill. It takes what some people just see football players as, oh, they're just, they're just, you know, they just run a ball. They just block. It don't take that much effort. Baby, let me tell you, I have a college football player and it takes all the effort. And I okay? could never. It takes all the effort. It takes mental, physical, spiritual. You got to know math. You got to know ratios. You got you to gotta know stuff. And if Al was able to apply that same tenacity that he had on the football field in high school, he probably would have owned a, a string of shoe stores instead of just working at one for minimum wage. And I want to challenge you today. I want you to think about that place that keeps coming up in your life and you keep saying, I remember when, or it should have been. Those shoulda, coulda, wouldas, or those remember back in the days. I want you to think about those places. I want you to think about your timetables and your plans and your life plans and your vision boards. And I want you to think about how you keep going to God saying, but God, you said write the vision and make it plain. 
But God, you said you were going to give me the desires of my heart. But God, I want you to write those things down. I typically tell us to write something down, but I want you to write those places down where it seems like the dream has been deferred. Write those places down and bury them. I don't mean bury your hopes and bury your dreams. I'm saying bury your timetable. Bury your expectations. Become so committed to the things of God that you know without a shadow of a doubt because God loves you, he's going to do what he promised. But what's on your timetable may not be what he's promised. It may be what you want, but it may not be his promise. And so as we think about death of a black Christian girl, we have to think about those things that have to die in us in order for us to live. There are some things that have to die in order for who God has called you to be. Like in, in, in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8, in verse 29, it says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. To be conformed to the image of his son. So many of us are holding on to an image of us. But God says, I'm going to make you into the image of my son. Mm. And those things that we are holding on to our backs, that's keeping us from true intimacy with God, that's keeping us from really pursuing God with all of our hearts, that's keeping us from being evangelists and evangelizing the gospel, right? Without a title, right? I'm not saying that you had to be ordained. You can evangelize and share the gospel everywhere you go. But many of us are hung up because I got to wait till I get my, my ministering license. I got to wait until I've known God for another seven years. I got to wait. You need to call death on that, grieve that, and say, God, where do I start living? Show me, show me you in the living. Not in my shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but show me you in the living. God bless you, Tiff. What you got, Tiff? About hey, Tiff. death of a Christian black girl. Uh, well, I just came in just to listen, but you know, <laughs> as you're speaking about death, I can say ask for life. Um, last night, when I was in my Bible study, they were talking about dream nerve. And it's basically the basic summary of that is having the nerve to dream again. Mm. So some of our dreams have died. Wow. And that's why we don't have faith in what God is saying and showing us because we don't believe. We don't believe that it's possible because we have went up against so many oppositions that it's like, well, it hasn't happened yet. So is it ever going to happen? And so the example that he gave, he started off the thing he was talking about Martin Luther King and how he had a dream about a world without racism and a world where people can come together in a time when he didn't see it. And he didn't get to see it, but he still had the dream. And so I say, as you're dying to your expectations, your plans, your timeline, your uh, thought processes of how things are going to be, I say ask God to help you to learn how to dream again. Ask God for his resurrection power to bring forth your dreams so that you can believe in what you see. You can believe like Joseph did when he told his brothers twice of the dreams that he had. They hated him for it, but he still told them. I see y'all bowing before me. I'm going to be in position. 
So don't let don't let the enemy or yourself kill your dreams that God is giving you. Trust him. Trust his process. Trust his timeline. Because it'll be best fitting for you. And that's all I have. Amen. And can we talk about Joseph for a second, Jerry? Absolutely, because that is a perfect example. That is let's, a perfect let's go. example. Because like Tiffany, like you said about Joseph telling his brother his dreams, by the show of hands in the room or even in the comments, um, and those of you that are listening uh, to this podcast uh, once we post it, how many of you have had a dream that you told people and your life looks anything but like that dream? Like Joseph told, like he saw his brothers bowing down to him. But his brothers ended up selling him into slavery. Right, Ashley? His brothers ended up selling him into slavery. He ended up being thrown in jail. Does the Bible say how long Joseph was in jail? Um, give me a second. Let me research. Okay. Like he was thrown in jail. Joseph had these dreams where he was the leader. His brothers literally had to bow down and reverence him, not in a sense of him being God, but in the sense that he had an authority, authoritative position in the land. He had these dreams and he told his brothers, God has shown many of us many things and we're like, my life don't look nothing like that. And instead of it being somebody else throwing you in the prison, you throw yourself there. Instead of somebody else throwing you into slavery, you throw yourself there because you're like, there's no way I'm going to get there. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way that's happening. My life looks completely. Some of you, God has told you that you are going to be millionaires. Some of you, God has told you that you're going to be the most amazing wife, literally teaching other women how to be wives, how to be amazing mothers, how to build business, how to build, you know, an education, how to build in finance. How God has shown you some things. He's shown you some things. You've probably even seen yourself on platforms or in places like Joseph did. Like you saw people looking up to you, not in a, a haughty way, but in a way like, whoa, they came to hear what I had to say. Whoa. And you can't get the time of day from nobody today, right? Jerry and Tiffany, like, it's like my life. It doesn't specify, but I believe based on the timeline and events, it was 10 years, Ashley, 10 years, possibly 10 years that Joseph was in prison. Yeah, I was just about to say that the Bible doesn't specifically say, uh, but what I researched is that they said it was probably about 11 years. Listen to that. How many of us are now in a place where God has shown you something? He has shown you something. And your current life and your current situation looks nothing like that. It looks so far from it that you like, clearly I heard wrong. Clearly I heard wrong. And what happens is when we think we heard wrong, right? Like Tiffany said, ask God to, to show you how to believe again. Because what happens is we cause death to the promise when we stop believing. Mm. We begin to eulogize the promise because that's not what my life looks like today. That's not what it looks like. And so now we have to say, Lord, kill everything in me that is in opposition of what you spoke. Because your word says that you can't lie. 
And maybe I've never seen this level of success before. Maybe your heart's prayer is, Lord, I want to worship you in spirit and truth. I want to be so in love with you, right? I don't I don't want anything. I don't know about y'all, but that's how I be praying. I don't want anything to take me out of your presence. And then I, then I find myself scrolling on Instagram for seven hours and I'm like, how we get here? My life don't look nothing like I just prayed. My life don't look nothing like God, what you've shown me. It don't look like, how did we get here? Right, Sabrina, stop eulogizing the promise. And when we go to God and say, what is in me that's causing hindrance and delay to the promise? Because I need to call, call death to it now. I need to call it, I need to call death to it because it doesn't look like you. And if it doesn't look like you, Lord, it's not sounding like you. And if it's not sounding like you, that means it's not in pursuit of you. Because as we said before, that our words go in pursuit of what we said. Our words begin to form the world that we live in. And so now we have to say, Lord, the 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 um, mindset that doesn't believe has to die. We have to call that to death. We It has to die. It has to die. Lord, my heart that is, you know, going back and forth, right? It's, it's in between two opinions. That double-mindedness, that has to die. And here's the thing, and Jerry said it at the top of the, the podcast, that is going to hurt. Because we found comfort before in those vacillating places. We became friends with unbelief. We became friends with dysfunction. We became friends with the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And we were comfortable there. Even though it wasn't a good place, we were comfortable there. It's the reason why people say when somebody has been in prison for a really long time, within a very short amount of time of them being released, they often reoffend because they don't know anything else but to be locked up. Their mindset, their bodies have been freed, but their mindsets have not been freed. That's so true, Sakisha. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a high school friend whose brother had that mentality. Um, mm-hmm. He he went to prison, he got out, and then he reoffended. And then when they were asking him why, he was like, because I get three meals a day. Ooh. I know when to go to sleep. I know when to wake up. I know what to do in prison. Out in the world, I don't know what to do. So that's a real thing. It's real. It is. My... Um... My friend's uncle, he's been out of jail for probably like he was in the jail and he was nineteen. He's like in his sixties now. And he's literally still like institutionalized. He's just everything is like he's amazed at how things are. He's amazed at a cell phone. Like he's just amazed. Like, whoa, he went in one way and he came out like I'm in the future, like the future future. <laughs> He is like he YouTubing it, like he watches YouTube all day. He is just amazed at the fact that you can just go to a channel and just watch video after video after video. Like he's extremely amazed. So that's true. And if we think about it in the context of those who are not in like physical prisons, but the worlds that we desired have created prisons for us. Mm-hmm. Right? that prison mentality has to die as ashley said like that 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 uh prison mentality it's a spirit 
And in order to see the promises of God, we have to kill that spirit. Like if we look at the historical account of Lot's wife, I know that a lot of people think that was just a story, but the Bible doesn't say that was a parable. Mm-mm, no, that, that was a real thing. You see what I'm saying? The Bible doesn't she say really that that was a parable. really turned into a pillar of salt. Even though where she lived was hell on earth, they found some comfort there. And many of us do. We find comfort even in the chaos. She found comfort even in the chaos. And God was delivering them and said, don't look back. The angels of the Lord said, don't look back. Don't look back. That, was, that wasn't a parable. That was a real historical account. And because she grieved what she had, she turned around and she never made it forward. She never made it forward. She didn't grieve and keep moving forward. She didn't say in her heart like, oh man, but I'm going to miss my friends. No, she turned around to grieve. And she died in her grief. And she died in her grief. We don't want to die in our grief because grief is a natural process that we all are going to go through in some space, shape, For We all are going to grieve something, but we can't turn around and grieve. We have to look forward and grieve. Because when we turn around, our heart begins to long for it again. And sometimes if we turn around, we gonna walk back. We going back. And in order for who we were to die, we have to keep looking forward. We have to acknowledge we had a great run. <laughs> or we have to acknowledge, we have to acknowledge what it is for what it is. And we have to say, but God, show me you in the living. Mm-hmm. That hurts. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm unsure. I'm uncertain. But show me you in the living. Show me how to put this life to rest and show me how to live in the life that you said that you you foreknew. That life that you already knew about, show me that. And y'all, that that has been a hard place for me. I can't speak for anybody else, but that oh, me moving too. forward, that has been like, uh, many of you know, like if you've been in my rooms here on Clubhouse or anything like that, you know the life that my husband and I had this time last year ain't the life we have today. It's very different. It is extremely different. And I found myself grieving, like, I want my stuff back. And God says, I'm doing a new thing. Can't you see it? You think I put you in a prison, but I put you in position. Like, we we have to see it for what it is. And I personally have a hard time. And so this topic, as we have been learning about the death of who we thought we were and the death of what we wanted, it's starting to open up my mind in a way that it wasn't before because I was closed-minded. I text Jerry and, and Tiffany one day and was like, I'm, what I'm not going to do is complain. I'm going to do my best and not complain. I'm going to try, right? I was like, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. Because what we had... Listen, I I want my stuff, but why want stuff when God said, but I already know what I got for you and it's better than what you can ever imagine. Settle down, girl, put that old life to rest, but look forward when you're doing it. Um, Takesha, I got a question. Yes. For context, can you kind of like give them the short version of what you're talking about? Cause they may not know. No, I will. That's why I asked. So oh, okay. <laughs> I told That's you, why I asked. I'm learning. I'm learning to let who I was die, right? Um, for who God has called me to be. 
So uh, last year, June of 2022, it was a regular day. You know how Sophia on, um, what's that show? Golden Girl says, picture it, Sicily, 1945, <laughs> right? So picture it, Atlanta, you know, 2022. It was a sunny June day, right? It really was a beautiful sunny June day. And my husband and I had planned to go to our pool. We, in our community, we have a pool. So I was like, but I need a bathing suit because I don't got no bathing suit and all my bathing suits too big. My husband's like, well, go to Target, get a bathing suit. So I go to Target to get a bathing suit. But y'all, while I'm in Target perusing the aisles, I get a call that my house is burning down. I don't mean like, oh, your garbage is on fire. I mean, there are flames shooting through your roof. Your house is burning down. And it was my beautiful sister, Jamila, who called me. She just said, where are you? And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving Target. What's up? And she said, come home. But when you get here, just park at my house. And I said, what is going on? What is going on? And she said, when you get here, just park at my house. And I said, Jamila, what is happening? She said, your house is on fire. I said, and she was so calm. So I figured it was something mine. I was like, okay, I'm on my way home. I get there. I'm like, Lord, help me. I don't want to speed because now I feel like anxiety trying to pick up. I get home and my house is literally engulfed in flames. The heat was so hot that I can feel it from the distance even that I parked from. And I'm like, where is my husband? Where is my son? What, what is happening here? God is faithful. We literally left our house with the clothes we had on our back and my new bathing suit. Okay. I'll share the full story with y'all, but all I'm going to say is when God tells you to do something, do it. And it is the reason that my husband and my son are alive today because they heard the voice of God and they did not turn a deaf ear to it. And it's the reason why they are alive today. We had no, no warning that a fire was happening. We had nothing it literally to the point where we've had three fire inspections. I need y'all to hear God. And the only thing they can say is we have no clue why your house burned down. There is no evidence to say why that this, there's no, there's no just cause as to why this house burned down. The only thing we can say is y'all didn't do it. There was no human interference. That's all we can tell you. Nobody set the fire. There was no, no, um, what do you call that? No accelerant accelerant. There was no wiring issues. There was, there was none of that. So we rule y'all out, right? That's all we got is we rule y'all out. Y'all ain't, ain't set the house on fire. <laughs> Literally. Like I'm not joking. That's all they can say. And I said, God, why did my house burn down? That's not, that's not cool. That's not fair. That's not like now we, we go from an almost 3000 square foot house and that may be small to some people, but baby, that was our home in a gated community to now we living in an apartment, a two bedroom apartment. And I want my house back. Okay. So I am grieving. I am grieving. I am grieving my life that I had. And God is like, but I took you out of that house. And your husband gave me his life. 
Can't you see what I'm doing? That part. I, took you, I took you out of your house and now your your oldest son calls you and said, mom, I don't know why, but I felt led to buy a Bible and I read it every day and I got questions. I, I took you out of that house and your youngest son calls you from college and says, mommy, can you teach me how to fast? Because I feel like it, it's time for me to start fasting. I took you out of that house and I'm, I'm showing you a new thing, but you you still looking back. I, I got that under control. That is being, that was tore down and being rebuilt. Can't you see what I'm doing? You asked me for a brand new house a long time ago. And while your house were new, was new-ish, it was only three years old when we bought it, y'all. It literally, the windows, the people didn't do much in the house that we bought the house from. The house was still so new, it had construction dust still on the windows when we bought it two and a half, three years after they purchased it from a brand new bill. So I was still content, like this is new enough for me. God said, but you you asked me for some things and I promised you some things. I didn't tell you how you would get it. You look at it as disaster. I look at it as I'm doing a new thing. And even in this, even in this is gonna work for your good. And for some of us, it feels like our whole lives are burning down. Like everything we knew has has come to naught. It has burned down. It, our marriages look like it has burned down. Our husbands may, your husband may have left the house. Maybe your children don't speak to you anymore. Maybe your best friend walked away. You lost a job. You lost, you know, a physical, right? Maybe there's something physical that has happened to you. And you're like, God, I want my old life back. And God is like, but I want you to see me here in the living. I don't want you to look for me in the old thing that has passed away. I need you to look for me here. And just for clarification, God is not trying to give you your old life back. At all. It's dead. And, and we have to grieve that because guess what happens, Jerry? Guess what happens, Tiffany? We begin to try to bring the old us into new situations. Yeah, that's not going to work. It ain't going to. Ask me how I know. Ask, just, just ask me how I know, because it ain't working for me. I'm trying to pray the same way I was praying in my house. God said, that ain't going to work here. I'm trying to figure out, God, it doesn't seem like I'm getting the breakthroughs because you're you looking for me in old places and I'm not there. You trying to treat the new as if it were the old. You can't bring old tactics, old methods. Grieve that place and keep moving forward. Grieve that place and keep moving forward. Eulogize who you were so you can live to be who God has called you to be. The Bible even says, unless the seed goes in the ground and dies, it's not going to do anything for anybody. There were some seeds planted, says, stop digging them up. Even in the chaos, even in the fire, even in the downfall, even in everything that looks like disaster and destruction and death, let it die. Because it's going to have to spring up new. If God can call an army, a mighty army to come back to life and it was nothing but dry bones, what do you think he's going to do for you? What, what do you think that God will do for you? The one who he calls his own, the one who he said you were made in his image. What do you think God is going to do for you? What do I think God is going to do for me? And so now we have to say, Lord, heal my mind in those places where I didn't know any better, where I'm still longing for what was because I can't really see what you're doing. God says, you don't have to see what I'm doing. Just keep following me. Just keep coming forward. 
just keep coming forward and know that I got you. If we can quote the scripture, God will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Then you're going to have to live that. And knowing that God will never leave you when it seems like you all alone is a hard place to be, sister. When you feel abandoned and you feel alone and you have to you have to prophesy over yourself, God is with me. And nothing around you looks like God is with me. How do I know? Because I'm still in my right mind. How do you know you're still in your right mind? Because I could open my mouth and say, God is with me. And what we don't realize is that's the place where your faith has to kick in. Like, you'll know how faithful you are when you ain't got nothing, when there's nobody around. And you and but you can still say God is with me. That's a that's a faith. De- like, do we understand that that's actually a faith declaration? Like when we say God is with me and it don't it don't look like it. It don't feel like it, but you can still declare that out of your mouth and you can still believe that since that's faith. You got to have faith. Like that's one thing about death of the Christian black girl. You have to have faith to die. Because if you don't have faith in this death process, you're going to you're going to keep going back. You're going to keep looking back. You're going to keep wondering, well, what if? You're going to keep saying, but my old life was better. That That's a faith thing. And so if we really want to talk about death of the Christian black girl, we have to look at an inventory. Where is your faith? Where is it? Because if you say, God, I believe you, if you say, God, I trust you, then your faith has to reflect that. And so do your actions and your words, because you can't say, God, I trust you and believe you, but then say, I want my old life back. That's not, that's no, that's not faith and trust in a father. Because if the father says, I'm giving you a new life there, there is no looking back. If the father says, I'm, I'm doing a new thing, look toward me. We can't, we can't look back. We, we got to let that die. We got to mourn it and say, okay, God, I have mourned this. Yes, I, I feel like my old life was good. Yes, I feel like, you know, things were great. But I know that you have something better for me because if you didn't, we wouldn't be here. And that's the thing. If God didn't have something better, you there would be no need to die. There wouldn't be a mourning process if God didn't have something better. And so I really want us to to just realize that we got to have faith in this process. Because dying to your flesh, dying to your will, dying to your timeline without faith in the father who's going to give you a new will, a new timeline and a new life, it's not going to work. It's going to be a total disaster. That that's pretty much like saying, okay, um, I, I I went on this job interview. They said that I have the job, but I'm still going back to my old job. Sis, what? I'm gonna go back to McDonald's when this Fortune 500 company wants to give me all of this. No, ma'am. No. And so, in the death of the Christian black girl. There are a few things that we have to understand. Number one, it's okay to mourn. Number two, keep going. 
Number three, have faith. Th- those are the three things that I, th- that I simply want us to get on today. It's okay to mourn. You got to keep going and you have to have faith. Like faith is non-negotiable on this journey. It's not you trying to have faith because if you try to have faith, you're going to fail. You just got to do it. And we're not saying that this is easy. Tikisha told you the last year of her life has been the hardest, probably one of the hardest things she's ever been through. Ever. Like ever. As for me, me and my husband are still trying to have a baby and we've been married for 11 years. So there's that. And we got a promise for God. Like we know what God said. Traffic can. And Tiffany, she she been on on the journey to motherhood for fifteen. So we know having faith when you have to let your timeline, your will, and all that die is hard. It is not going to be easy. Y'all know on 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 this podcast, we do not sugarcoat. We do not fake happy. We don't do none of that. We we are not that. That's not who we are. If you want somebody to sugarcoat what's about to happen, this is the wrong podcast for you. Because we're not going to do it. What we are saying is that it is possible, not easy, but possible. It's possible to to grieve your old life or grieve what you thought was going to be and still trust God for what he said and what he showed you. It's possible to say, man, I really liked the way I was living before. And still trust that God has something a thousand times better for you. It's possible to say, man, um, I, I don't I don't understand what God is doing, but to also have faith that whatever he is doing is about to set you up for life. It is possible. And so what we, we what what we want you to do. Like Tikisha said earlier, write down those things in your life that you feel like are dying. Write, write down that stuff. You feel like, mm, I, I feel some type of way about this area of my life. I feel some type of way um, about my relationship. I don't know if, if we're going to make it. I don't know if, if, if this is what God wants for me. I don't know. Like, I feel some type of way. Like, nothing's wrong, but I feel a type of way. Write that stuff down. After you write it down, pray, ask God, say, God, I'm submitting this stuff to you. I don't really know what to do with it. I don't really know what's about to happen, but I lay it at your feet and then bury it. Like in your mind, I literally want you to bury it and go on about your life. Because what happens is when you bury it, when you give it to the father, that gives him the room to deal with it. And it moves you out of the way. Because can can we be honest? Some of us are in the way. I'm just I'm just gonna say that some of us are in the way because we're we're trying to control the outcome. You know we're we're so attached to the way things were. Sis, get out the way. Let it go. Let God deal with it. Like some of us, we keep laying the stuff at God's feet. But then after we say, amen, we pick the stuff back up. And God is like, I thought you was going to leave it here. Like, like, come on, like, daughter, 
let leave it there leave it at the feet of the father because when you leave it there then he can deal with it but if you keep taking it back it's it's just it's literally a tug of war with the father and that's you're not gonna win there is no situation where you are going to win a tug of war with god number one because god is not going to do a tug of war right and so at some point you got you got to just leave it there right Takesha? i keep trying to help him too like so so y'all know me and baby daddy have been trying to have a baby for for a little minute right and so at one point in this process i was depressed but at another point i really just wanted to control the whole thing so we were doing doctor's visits the whole nine and then my husband was like yeah no <laughs> and so the lord literally told me let it go leave it alone i got this and i think sometimes as humans like because we can't see god when he says i got this we automatically mean i gotta do something and that is not the same thing god saying i got this and then you doing something is not no it's not the same it's not a thing and so whatever area in your life god has already told you that he got it but then you picked it back up sis put it down Tiffany said, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Proverbs, ooh, well, dang, Tiff. Oh, that hurt. Okay. Proverbs 19.3. I'm going to have to go study that now. Thanks, Tiff. Tikish, you had something? Mm -mm, I was saying what Tiffany just posted, that, that scripture that Tiffany just put up, is so true. It's, it's it, it is true. And we got to stop. And then, because what happens is we'll do that and then things don't go our way. And then we get mad at God because the things didn't go away. Sis, you interrupted. Get out the way. And it's because we have come from a culture of independence, especially as women, mm -hmm. uh, especially as Christian black women. Uh, we have come from a, a culture uh, that has taught us to be independent, right? That if taught us to be superwomans that have uh, cultivated us to be these strong, you know, take no mess from anybody women. And when it comes to the things that are holy, uh, the things of God, we don't know how to drop that uh, independent posture and become super dependent. Like we have to, we have to almost become like uh, babies in a sense that depend on their mothers uh, for everything. We have to become so dependent. And that is a place that I, I pray to be in with God, that I'm so dependent on you, that I just thank you for the breath that I'm breathing in and out, that I never become mm -hmm. so comfortable with the fact that I'm breathing, that I don't realize I'm breathing because of you. And when it comes to other things such as, let me not take for granted that though my house burned down, you saved my family. Like those kind of things, like though we don't have the baby yet, I I thank you that we are alive and we are healthy and you are preparing us to birth forth greatness. When we begin to become so dependent 
on God for our every move and our every need. That is the place that God wants us to be in. But if you're anything like me, I'm almost like, God, let me let me help you with that, right? I don't, I don't want you to think that I'm a slacker. I can pull my weight. I can help. And though these aren't words that we say, it's in the actions that we do. And mm-hmm. so you have to ask God to teach us how to be dependent. And I know that, you know, unfortunately in our Christian culture, it tells us you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. But I read in my Bible that Jesus is on the right hand of the Father making intercession for me. I also read in my Bible that the Holy Spirit said he would teach me everything that I don't know. I Mm -hmm. also read in my Bible that God says if I needed wisdom, that he would pour it out on me. He He would pour it out so lavishly on me and not even hold it against me that I didn't have it in the first place. And so even even in our getting, God says, I'm going to be the one who's giving. And so as we are moving forward and we are calling the eulogy on our old lives and we are stepping into the life that God foreknew, right, that we would be conformed into the image of his son, we can't go into it with the mindset is I'm going to make this happen because on your best day you can't. And when we come into that realization that the way that we operate in the kingdom is not the way we operate in the world, we'll have to see that there is two very distinct things, right? God said, be in this world, but not of this world. And the way that we operate when it comes to kingdom principles, we have to go to our father for everything. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything. And sometimes we think, oh, we got a handle on this. But what if God called a eulogy on what you had a handle on? I, mm. I remember seeing a clip of uh, Pastor Sarah, uh, Sarah Jakes Roberts, and she said, um, like, I'm trying to be like, God, I got this. I got this. I got this. And she said, the Lord uh, spoke back to her and said, if you got this, then you'll never need me. And she said, well, here I am. I ain't got this. Right. <laughs> like, we really want to be independent. And in certain aspects, that's not a bad thing. But when it comes to the things of God, we have to be dependent. Like we are newborn babies and we won't eat unless our mamas feed us. We won't get changed unless our mamas change us. I'm not saying go and get in the corner and be like, I'm going to just sit here and die until God brings me some food. No, I'm saying for the move of your life, we have to go to God for everything. Father, what do you think? Father, what do you know? Father, what do you see? How do I move? How do I show up? Like we have to learn how to be so dependent so dependent on God. And that is the place that God wants his, his body, he, the body of Christ. That's where he wants his bride at, that we are so dependent that we go to him and we ask him for everything. We think this is just a random Thursday. This is just Thursday. We had a Thursday last week. We had a Thursday the week before that. We had, like, I've, I've seen, I, I was born some time ago. Okay. I've seen many Thursdays, but when we begin to look at Thursday with awe and wonder, When we begin to look at Thursday and we wake up and say, Father, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you for already going before me. Show me how to walk in the path that you've already paved for me. You've already gone in my 8 a.m. You've already gone in my 9 a.m. You've already gone in my 3 p.m. You've already gone into my 8 p.m. Show me how to find you there and how to follow you there. Like that is what God is looking for, that we don't just become so, so what do you call that familiar that we don't look for him because that's when we get disappointed with our old lives because we just kept going with the familiar and God says, but I, I changed course and we like, but no, it was good over there. 
God is like, but I changed course. But I want to go, I changed course. I changed course. And it wasn't to hurt you or to bring you harm because in my Bible, it also says that God has given us a hope in the future, not to harm us. That's what the word says, not to harm us, but to give us a future, to give us hope. And so as we are moving forward in our lives for you, for me, I haven't mastered this. This is just a conversation. These are the conversations that Tiffany, Jerry, and I be having on a random Tuesday morning. Like, y'all, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing today. And they're like, did you pray? And I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't. But what y'all think? And they like, don't put us in that position, nutty. Because listen, about, I'm not getting in trouble pray. for the Father for you. I am not getting in trouble with God for you because you didn't want to pray. No, man, leave me out of that. Call me back after you pray. Thank you. Call me back. After, <laughs> yes, Tanisha, we have to esteem the word of God. But yeah, I'll go to them and be like, what y'all think? Like, I have this thought, like, I woke up with, with this word on my mind, and I'm not sure what y'all think. And they like, did you ask the Lord? I'm like, no, but I'm asking y'all. I'm going to ask God. They like, bye, yo. Like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're, we're not doing yet that. And the First no. out of their mouths is what did God say? And I'm like, yeah, right, huh? Yeah, I should that that should have been my first stop, huh? But we <laughs> so familiar, right? We become so familiar with our process and the way we did things before. And God says, she gotta go. She's she's gonna hinder your process. So I'm gonna get you there because I don't lie. And what I said will come to pass. I spoke my word, and my word is gonna do what I said it's gonna do. So you gonna get there. But how long is it going to take you, children of Israel? Like, how long is it going to take you to get there? And that's dependent on you and your obedience. And so with this podcast today, we just we are just encouraging you as we are encouraging each other to just say, God, show me you in the living. Show me how to follow you. I read a, a quote one time and it says, um, everybody hates Mondays, but try missing one. Oh, and I was Jesus. Oh, well, well, right. Who wants to miss a Monday? That means you did. Okay. You did, did like you did, you did. If you miss a Monday and I was like, oh, okay. But now how about enjoying the Monday, but doing it with God, asking him for his insight, having no, no form, no agenda, but saying, God, what are we doing today? Where do you want me today? What do you, who do you want me to bless? You don't even know. Some of us work in places where we may work all day and we're like, we don't get to go outside. We don't get to see other people. I'm just working from home. I'm just here. But the people that you are, you are working for, maybe clients or customers or whoever you're working for, God is going to give you an opportunity to bless them without ever seeing them. So we have to ask God to show, show me you in the living so that I can mourn properly. Like there's, there's a, there's like, they have steps for grief, right? They have steps for grief. I remember Kamaria talking about it one time, Jerry, like mm -hmm. steps for grief. There's steps for grief. Ask God to do it with like, show me how to grieve who I was and what I wanted. Show me how to let who I wanted to be die, the hopes and the dreams that I have for myself. And I, and know without a shadow of a doubt, what you have for me is better. And it doesn't mean, right, some of us has hopes and dreams that God put there. Like God put it there. 
So it's not going to die. God is just going to show you how to get there on his time and in his way and do it the way he wants you to, not the way you want to. There's a difference. And that's the place that we are all striving for, but we have to do it. Like Tiffany sent us a devotional that says we have to do it in God moment by moment. Like we can't leave him out of any moment. And so that's, that's my hope. I say that's my final point too, that we do it with God moment by moment. Absolutely. Um, Tiffany, do you have any final remarks? Hold on one second, guys. Okay. But yeah, so while Tiffany is stepping out, I would say that my final remark would be uh, grieve, then go. That's that's pretty much it. Grieve, then go. That's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Grieve, then go. Um, because what happens a lot of times when people get stuck in their grief, and Takesha is a prime example of this, they start getting bitter, they start getting prideful, they start getting hateful. Like that that's not the point of God taking you from one life to the life that he wants you to live. It's it's not for you to uh to stay stuck. That's 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 not the point, y'all. I'm I'm here to tell you that's that's not it. The point is for you to realize and for you to recognize that although your life doesn't look the way that you want it to, God does have something better. But you got to grieve to get to that mental state, Um, because if you just if you just kind of just try to go. You're going to always it's going to always be in the back of your mind. But what if? But God, why did this happen? God, why didn't you let me do this? Then you go start being mad at God. And that literally makes no sense. So grieve and go. All right, Tiff. So the room just, I'm glad that I was able to just come in city. And I know I didn't really have too much to say today, but the room just kind of confirmed for me why I didn't come back home with expectations. Um, I thought it was me not having expectations but now I know that it was God taking away my expectations because I had already grieved this season in my life when I left you know when I had to move with my mom at 12 or 13 I grieved it for years so when I came back home I was just like you know I don't have no expectations you know I'm just gonna walk with God and I realized now it was like Tiffany that wasn't you that was him he had already like, you're not going to grieve this whole situation because if I was grieving, I would have been trying to play catch up. I'd have put myself in a, in a position of the 12 and 13 year old girl who left Dallas, Texas back in 94, 95. And I'd have been trying to play catch up at 39. And so he was like, no, because I've called you here for a reason. And so I don't need you to be trying to you know, help her get back to what, what she lost. I need you to start in, I need you to start now. So he shut all of that down. And so I feel like sometimes when we can't do it ourselves, he'll do it for us. Being, I know that we are people that's always taught that we're just free will, but I feel like God still has control. And so he took control of this situation. Cause you know, I, I just came home and I'm like, okay, I'm here. And everybody was like, well, why are you here? I'm like, God. And why now? God, I couldn't tell you why. It wasn't that I didn't want to come back home because I did. But I knew when I came back home, it wasn't just to come back home. 
So oh, it's just good. listening to everything this, you know, this morning has just, you know, I was just sitting in the room and I'm just like, God, you, you took my expectation away. You caused me not to come home expecting like, okay, I'm going to pick up here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that because a lot has changed, but you know, I still have to walk this out the way God wants it to walk out. Even the fact of us coming here and moving into a duplex when the plan was to move into a house. That, like, everything that I wanted, I was like, no, I, I want to see how you handle this first before I give you that. So, are you going to grieve the fact I'm not in my house? I'm supposed to be buying a house. I'm in a duplex. This is not what I, that's not what you said. This is not what you showed me versus being appreciative with what God has given me and then appreciative with the fact that the very things that I wrote down that he asked me I wanted in my house I have some of those things in my duplex and some of those things was not in that duplex when I looked at it online they had just put like new kitchen appliances ceiling fans flooring in that duplex before we moved so I just, you know, just wanted to share that. Like sometimes I got to truly step in and just say, you know what, if you can't do it, I'll help you do it. And that's what he did for me. He took away my expectations. So now all I'm focused on is living day to day to be what he's called me to be in this season and to do what he wants me to do without expectations of trying to play catch up from what the 12, 13 year old girl lost. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. So that concludes this week's episode of Dear Christian Black Girl. Um, If you know somebody that would benefit from our content, from our podcast, make sure that you invite them to this, uh, to the live recordings on the Clubhouse room. If they do not have Clubhouse, uh, no worries, because we are on all podcast platforms. So we're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Spotify. Y'all, we are everywhere. So if you have somebody that could really use this Pick Me Up episode on today, make sure that you tell them about about Dear Christian Black Girl. Make sure that you uh, route them to all of our um, podcast uh, platforms, which I am about to post in just a second. Give me a second. Um, If you would like to be a guest on our podcast at some point, we would love to have you. We would definitely love to have you. Send us an email at dearchristianblackgirl at gmail.com. And we would love for you uh, to be a part, uh, to be one of our guests, you know, whatever the case is. So do that. Um, If you, hold on, y'all. So yeah, if you want to be a part, definitely send us an email at dearchristianblackgirl at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you have any input, if you got questions after this uh, live recording ends, send us an email. We definitely want to hear from you. Um, Takesha, any more announcements other than um, emailing us and uh, listening to us on all platforms? Oh, you know what? I will share an announcement. Like, first of all, thank y'all so much for rocking with us. This was a this was a great topic, um, but I know it has caused all of us to kind of pause and be like, oh yeah. Um, but we we 
if you have found yourself in a place where you weren't grieving properly, don't beat yourself up for it. Do an about face. Lord, I repent. Um, help me and show me. Like, that's it. That's it. But um, I wanted to share for those of you who uh, joined us for The Wealthy Wife um, at the end of March. Um, yeah, it was it was epic. But um, absolutely epic. We, we announced that um, we would be hosting a meetup. Um, and so that meetup, uh, that email will probably be going out today, hopefully, or tomorrow um, with the sign up um, instructions for those of you who um, actually um, filled out the um, info sheet that said, hey, I want to be alerted. You will get the invite first because it is going to be um, a limited event because it's a meetup where we just want to hang, talk like sisters, just laugh, take selfies, eat some good food and just enjoy each other's company. So it's real low key, but high key at the same time. I know that's kind of weird, but it's like low key, but high key because we're going to have a good time. But just in a relaxed environment. So I'm going to send it out. We'll send it out to those people who said they want it uh, to be notified first. And I think we have, what, 20, uh, 20, 20 spaces, yes. 20 spaces um, available. Uh, so if you uh, signed up to receive that, uh, you'll be getting that either today or tomorrow. And then over the weekend, we'll open it up to all those uh, who are on our uh, Healed Red mailing list. Uh, so if you're not on the mailing list, go to TakeshaMorris.com and register for our mailing list. And if there are any uh, spaces available after those who uh, wanted to be informed first, um, then we will uh, send that out to the general mailing list. But yes, we're having a meetup. It's going to be on Saturday, May 20th um, here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hanging out with y'all. Yeah, that is going to be fun. Tiffany, you got any announcements? Um, if you are a writer, um, if you want to join our Kingdom Spot community, uh, uh, um, Tiff, speak up yeah. a little bit more because I know you. I know you're um, you're not at home, so you got a little bit background noise. So just speak up a little bit more if you can. Okay. Can you yeah. hear me? Okay. So if you are yes. a writer, you can join our Kingdom Scribe community. Um, we have a house on Clubhouse by the house um, emergency oh, yeah. rooms. Medical alert, house stroke, emergency room. Sorry, y'all. I'm at the hospital with my husband. I'll be praying for him. But um, we have a clubhouse room on, well, we have a room called the Office Corner on a clubhouse that you can join and come in. And we talk about the book publishing um, journey process um, and then anything else that God wants us to, wants me to share with his kingdom scribes. So if you're writing and you need you know, some assistance and need that push, then you want to come into the room and connect with us. That's all I have. Absolutely. And so the last announcement for me is that if you are a woman dealing with infertility, miscarriage, or infant loss, Womb Prep is hosting a retreat, y'all. We are going to come. We're going to rent out an Airbnb. We're going to have food. It's going to be super fun. So if you are a woman dealing with infertility, miscarriage, and infant loss, and you would like information about our retreat, make sure that you sign up for our mailing list um, at WombPrep.com. 
mom because it's gonna be every time we get together it, it's a whole thing like i'll be doing stuff and takisha and tiffany can tell you it just be wild uh but there's a lot of healing that takes place deliverance and all the above so if you are dealing with uh any of any of those issues we would love for you to join our womb prep retreat um where we we just gonna get into some stuff we're gonna let god be god and we're gonna do that also the journey to motherhood podcast returns next week so the journey to motherhood podcast is an infertility time y'all don't do me don't do me it has been a minute since me and louise recorded the episode it's been like a year that podcast for those of you who've never heard it i'm sorry that podcast with Jerry and Alicia, Alicia, Jerry and Alicia is lit. I'm telling you, that would be I my mean. Atlanta ride. It is. I would call Jerry like, "Where's the podcast?" Like, I, I'm, I'm in the car. I'm driving. It's not here. And Jerry's like, "I didn't get to post it yet. Get it together. Get it together." So, y'all, that what, what Takesha is it's not so telling good. you is that. <laughs> I'm the host of the podcast, but I'm also the producer and the editor. Your girl be having them like five million hats and it be taking time. Okay. Give me caring. some slack. But caring. no, sis. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't care. I know you it's don't good. care. It's clearly. So good, y'all. I'm, I'm not just saying that, but it is so good. So I'm happy that it's back. Yes, yeah, so the Journey to Motherhood podcast will be back next week. And y'all, next week is National Infertility Awareness Week. And so we are dropping an episode during uh, National Infertility Awareness Week. So if you want information about the podcast, go sign up on womprep.com um, so you can be a part of our mailing list because we are going to be sending out some correspondence and all of that. Um, but yeah, that's all the announcements that we have. Um, if you look in the comments, the links for all of our stuff, uh, each one of our stuff is in a comment. So you have womprep.com for infertility awareness, infertility encouragement. You have takeshamorris.com if you're a wife or you want to be a wife in the future and you need some coaching, you need you need some encouragement, and you want to uh, meet us for the meetup, go to takeshamorris.com and then new voice books at nvpub publishingco.com if you are a writer you want to be a writer you think you want to be a writer and you just want to know what that process is like connect with tiffany at envypublishingco.com all right y'all that is a wrap for this week's dear christian black girl we hope that you have enjoyed this episode i know that this episode was different because uh, my sisters left me alone and you know i had to figure something out in the beginning Listen, okay, okay, the podcast has ended, y'all, right? This is the after party, y'all. So this is the after party. So in my defense, we also have a uh, prayer call that we do with the Women of Excellence at our church at 7.14 a.m. every second and third, Tuesday and Thursday. And this morning, our leader, our Women of Excellence leader, her phone started dying and she goes, Takesha, take over. And I was like, I was about to drop off, but bless the Lord. You know what I mean? Wow, I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, I, was, I was juggling like I was like, yes, I'll be in um, prayer for half the time. Then I'll swing over, you know, to record our podcast. So that's what happened. Our, our leader's uh, phone started dying and she's like, take over. And I'm like, Lego. So sorry I was late, y'all. 
<laughs> no, it's all good. So, yeah, this this episode started off a little different. We did kind of like a Q and A, a get to know you session, and it was good because we got to get got to get to know the ladies a little bit with some little known facts. Um, but yeah, y'all, we will be back next Thursday at seven thirty a.m. Eastern Standard Time, six thirty a.m. Central Standard Time, and I'm not even sure what Pacific Standard Time is. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, so whatever seven thirty a.m. Eastern Standard Time is for your time zone that's when we'll be here um make sure y'all follow us on instagram your girls are on instagram with the podcast this is where we're gonna post uh clips from the podcast just so y'all can relive some of these moments we'll also like when we start doing live events or whatever the case is uh those will be posted and yeah it's just gonna be stuff about dear christian black girl so make sure y'all um follow us on instagram we would love to connect with y'all all right y'all that's a wrap we will wait, see y'all next week question? oh wait yeah question? actually yeah. actually um i know at the top of the podcast when i joined jerry said that you were a christian author where can we get your books oh you're talking about ashley grimsley okay um i did I see. Yeah, yeah, she's still on. She did say that yeah. she is writing she's finishing up writing her first book so i am super excited for her yeah oh yes do you already have your publisher ashley soft plug new voice books um if you don't new voice publishing but yes i can't wait to support you i cannot wait to support you and i'm excited for ashley because she's not like the your typical christian author she does christian fantasy where god is the hero and i'm excited listen you need to be in tiffany's author room i'm excited i'm gonna have to kind of get you on ashley so you can kind of do a a author highlight night to kind of give us a little chapter of that Yes, that would be yes. so good. So Ashley, definitely connect with um, New Voice Books, um, even if you already have a publisher, because they uh, have a room every week, every Monday um, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central. And we just talk about different stuff com- pertaining to the publishing process, pertaining to authors, that type of thing. So I know Tiffany would love to interview you to just talk about your book and get some insight on how you how, how did you come up with Christian fantasy? Never from Tiffany, right? Tiffany was like, ooh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tiffany was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely connect with Tiffany. But that's it, y'all. We love y'all so much. We thank y'all for rocking with us. Um, can we just give some stats? Like, because yeah, y'all, y'all have been with the podcast for real, for real. Y'all have allowed really? us to grow exponentially so the last time we gave some stats we had like a thousand uh a thousand listens overall right now that number has doubled whoo yes i'm i'm finna give y'all some stats real quick praise the lord our last episode which aired well, no, the episode before that, which was The Posture of a Servant, which aired on April 7th, had 131 plays. Y'all, we have 2,176 all-time plays. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all for rocking with the podcast. Yes, our audience size is 124 all people. Right. Plays per episode is 134. Yes. And something new that we have is 106 Spotify followers. 
okay now <laughs> right so y'all have been rocking with the podcast and we thank y'all so much um because me and Takesha started the podcast last year and then we brought um Tiffany on this year and really y'all this podcast was really like we we be having some dope conversations let's let the public in on these conversations yeah so it wasn't like we had like a whole like in-depth meeting of okay we want to do this podcast this way it it didn't go like that it was a FaceTime call and say hey this should be a podcast and so we made it a podcast literally <laughs> and so the fact that we have, you know, that many followers on Spotify. We've received those many um, all-time plays. Is is it, God? That's that, that's all it is. That's the all. Lord has allowed us to do this. So we love y'all so much. We thank y'all for rocking with us, and we will see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.